0: Hey everyone, this is John Gunter and you're listening to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. This week is Father's Day and so we look at uh, faithful fathers by looking at the life of Abraham. Now we're not going to go through a lot of um, Abraham's life like you might expect. Uh, We're going to do something a little different. We're going to look at where Abraham came from and kind of how that might have played into the rest of his life. So uh, I hope this message blesses you. I hope that you have Uh, You either are a a fantastic, faithful father figure, there's four Fs, or that you've had one in your life. Uh, If you uh, want a church home, we'd love to have you at ours. Uh, Come see us anytime. Thanks so much again for listening, and we hope to see you soon. He said, I am not a father. Uh, He said, but maybe next year. And Abby, just as straight-faced as she did, was so where they going. I got the biggest kick out of that, <laughs> and when when he was giving the announcement a while ago, I don't know if you caught it, but Abby walked around the corner to stand there and make sure he, <laughs> what he was going to say, so I, I enjoyed that. They had an anniversary yesterday, uh, one-year anniversary for them, so I need to make sure and tell them happy anniversary. Uh been, been a pleasure uh, getting to know them and, and work with them, and uh, they're, they're both fantastic, so... Uh, I appreciate the, all the looks and the, the visual jabs and all that good stuff. So, uh, And, again, we just want to give a shout-out to all who helped with this. I know Brittany did and Tamara. I don't know who else. But uh, they did a wonderful job over there. The only question I have, that how-to dad book, how essential is that? Because I have not <laughs> read that. Uh, that. That's the only thing. Uh, but all that, all that looks phenomenal. Um, and so – Come take your picture up here uh, afterwards. Uh, just your picture. Don't take picture of other people. That's odd. But just <laughs> your picture. we got a good backdrop for that. So we're going we're to do that. And uh, just happy Father's Day to, to all of you out there. Uh, we are going to talk about fathers. Mothers do not kill me. We were in the middle of a series when Mother's Day came around. So I didn't have a traditional Mother's Day sermon. And uh, the joke among preachers is that for Mother's Day, we just talk about how wonderful our mothers are and how great and how just fantastic you are, and you are. But then we get to Father's Day, we're like, guys do better. <coughs> do way. We? we feel that way. So we're, we're not going to do that today. We are we are going to try to encourage one another and, and talk about uh, what it means to be a faithful father, and we're going to talk about Abraham. Uh, I, I, I about let you just keep on going. Hey, just, just preach it right now. We'll, we'll get it. Uh, but I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the communion thoughts this morning. Uh, but when you think of Abraham, you think of a, uh, a very special person, don't you? A person of faith. Uh, so much so that uh, the faith of Abraham impacts us today, does it not? Uh, I mean, still today, uh, what Abraham did in saying yes to God kind of puts us here in this place at this time. Remember, even the Jews were, in the time of Jesus, we're still talking about Uh, how how important it was they thought that it was that they were sons and daughters of Abraham. Now, they kind of got set straight because uh, they were told, hey, we can make sons of Abraham out of these rocks over here, so don't think of yourself as too special. Uh, Just because he had faith doesn't mean you do type of thing. But his faith impacted generations. And I believe that's how we ought to think about our own faith, not about just how it impacts me and what I do in life, But how does my faith impact others? How does it impact my family, my my wife, my kids, or those around me? Because for most of us, we are here because of someone's influence. Uh, And how many of you have a a father figure or a father uh, that their faith is why you're here? Like the way they impacted your family, that is fantastic. And so I, I want us to think bigger than just us. What does it mean to have faith, and what does that mean for people around us when we have that faith? And again, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 11 this morning. Uh, This is right before we get into the whole story uh, of Abraham, and then we'll start Genesis 12, which which begins uh, his story as well. So uh, the reading this morning, Genesis 11, starting in verse 27. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot, While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Anybody name their kids that? Okay. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Now, guys, just a second. I'm gonna talk to the ladies. Just a minute. I've got to think When we get to heaven and God tells the women, oh, yeah, you thought that was because of you? It was actually Abraham that couldn't allow you to conceive. There's going to be some pillows to faces uh, is what I'm imagining, just a slap in the face. You see that she was childless because she was not able to conceive. How much pressure was put on the women in those days, right? Uh, You got to feel for her there. Uh, But hopefully that's a a good-natured ribbing uh, when we all get to heaven. Uh, In verse 31, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, here starting in Genesis twelve, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth I will or all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At the time when the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar here to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called out the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. This is an interesting beginning to the story of Abram. You kind of get the, the the precursor here was who his dad was and uh, kind of how they moved, and then you have Abram kind of coming to faith and deciding to follow God, which is what we're going to talk about uh, today in the way that um, a, a son eventually has to take on the faith of his father or mother and their family. How many of you are not too far removed from remembering what that was like, moving out of uh, the family house, going to college, or something like that, all of a sudden, instead of your parents taking you to church all the time, now there's a decision to be made, right? Uh, we drove all night, so my mom's family was in Tennessee. My dad never went with us. He hated traveling, like a, a severe homebody, uh, but so when he went with us, we we're like, ah, maybe you shouldn't come next time, but uh, <laughs> I remember one trip, like, uh, coming back from near Nashville, Tennessee, back to southwest Arkansas. So it was a good, good trip. Uh, Dad drove all night on Saturday night to get back to our church because we needed to be not at church, at our church. And my mom was not happy about that. Um, anybody grow up with anything like that? Just nod your head just a little bit or, or just, want, you know. But, uh, but, I, but I think about the faith that he had. The desire to, to be there, not only to just be at a congregation, but to be there to encourage and get encouragement from those people that you love. And that's a special thing for a lot of us, isn't it? Because when you give and you have that faith and, and you want to come and you not only want to receive, but you want to give, it's a special relationship here. And so that's what we're talking about this morning kind of looking at this whole thing and saying, all right, well, what does it mean to be a faithful father? Because did you notice when we were talking about Abram's father, Terah, there's an interesting thing in there on Wednesday nights where I'm teaching uh, about hermeneutics, which is how to study the Bible. And and so uh, what I want us to, what I want to encourage you to do is every time you read the Bible, you come to Scripture with a lot of curiosity. That you want to ask questions. So when you see different things in there, you ask why and what is that and that kind of thing. And, and that'll lead you to deeper study. I want you to notice this. It says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter in law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to where? But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And I asked the question, why? Why'd you do that? You were going to Canaan. You didn't get there. It's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, yet we may be lost, but we're making good time type of thing. I don't know. Uh, but you got to think that Terah that had something on his mind that he comes to this place, and maybe he thinks the, the agriculture is better. You know, they're on a river, and uh, the Canaan is too far, and we don't know a lot about them. You know, we just read that the Canaanites were in the land. Uh, but you kind of wonder, all right, why did you settle here. When we read of Abraham, God tells him, you go to this place, and he kind of fulfilled that, right? He went to the place God called him to, but Terah did not. But what you need to know is the Bible gives you another little snippet over in Joshua of what might have been going on here. Joshua 24, verse 2, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So this is Joshua telling this is what God has said. Long ago, your ancestors including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. So think about that for just a minute. That Terah was not led by the same God that Abraham was led by. And so that may put a wrench in the plans, right? A lot of you raised your hand and said, hey, I had a father or a father figure whose faith is the reason I am here. And the question you need to ask is, where would I be otherwise? Would I be here? Would I have come to faith? I've shared with you guys before, that's a big question in my life, being a person who's adopted. Because what if I'd have been adopted into another family? What if I'd have been somewhere else, you know? And so you ask that question, why would this happen? And so Tara's life was following these other gods. And so we think about the faith of him with these other gods versus the faith of Abraham who followed the God, right? And we say, what does it take to be faithful? What what would it be like had your father or father figure, whose reason you are here, what if they had been like Terah? For a lot of us, we can think maybe you didn't have a perfect family. Anybody have a perfect family? No, say No. (laughs) I know we say that on Facebook. Do you all know everybody's husband on Facebook is the best? Everybody's dad is the best. I, I, don't, I don't see myself as too judgmental, but sometimes I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> but, but you think about it, like, where would I be if my dad was different, okay? And so for some of those things, if you think about your dad, and oh, it wasn't a perfect relationship, you know, you can kind of carry some of those things with you. And so, but at some point in your life, you have to decide, how am I going to keep letting this affect me? So, Abraham was raised by a dad who worshiped other gods, but what did he decide to do? He decided to make his faith his own and follow the God. And we're sitting here today because of it. Isn't that a special thing? Abraham was so impactful, even in the New Testament, when Stephen was about to be stoned. He's. Uh, we've got a, a long speech. I guess they let him have a few final words. Uh, and, and what he says here is still impactful. He says, uh, to this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Isn't that interesting? This is one of those things where, as I'm reading back through it, I'm like, that wasn't there before. One of y'all has slipped something in here. I thought scripture doesn't change. Y'all remember that Abraham talked to God before his family moved, before his dad who worshiped other gods? And so you gotta think Abraham's keeping this with him through this family move and all that's going on. That God talked to him before all of this, before he lived in Haran. And God told him, leave your country and your people. God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. That's a very important thing for them, right? This is where you are. Because of his faith, you are able to exist in this place at this time. And that, we say the same thing here. That we are here together. Uh, how many of us would know each other if it weren't for the faith of one man here? And again, his faith impacts the next generation, impacts the next generation. And a lot of us need to look around and say, all right, what is my faith doing for the next generation? How is it that I am able to impact other people? Or is it just one of those things where we just go to church, we say we're Christians, and we do this, and that's it. We really don't, we really don't have changed lives. Verse 5 said, he gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land and, even though at that time Abraham had no child. Now, how many of you are like me or like Sarah? God comes and promises this old man, no offense, DC. I still can't believe DC is 91. No, talking about young people, I mentioned you. That God comes to them and promises them you will have descendants as numerous as all the stars in the sky and all the sands on the seashore. How many of you at least get a little, <clears throat> yeah. But Abraham's faith was that, okay, I don't know how. Remember, he even tried to try to kind of force God's hand on that deal. I don't know how, but I'm going to follow God. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and what comes of that just because He has that faith. And so I'm gonna leave you with just a a few points of what it takes to be a faithful father. And the first service, I said a fantastic faithful father. I couldn't think of a fourth F. Uh, Y'all get with me after this. Faithful fathers, number one, groundbreaking, have faith. Faithful fathers have faith. When you think about faithful people, anyone can be faithful to their, their wife or their family, right? Anybody who doesn't care about God can decide I'm going to be a faithful person to my family, right? But what we're talking about here is something bigger, that not only am I going to be faithful to my family and my wife, but I'm going to have faith in God, not just I say I believe, but I'm going to say I believe and actually uh, put effort into this relationship that we have. And so that's what we're talking about here, transformative change in my life so that I can teach and impact other people within my family within my church and generations of people I mean how many how many people uh, in here can you think of someone who impacted you they may not even know it like somebody that sat near you when you were a kid and was an excellent singer anybody I remember sitting by the first time I sat by a lady who had vibrato you know because I always sang like this and you know nothing nothing little extra and uh, I sat by a lady who had vibrato and I thought ooh what is this? Angelic thing here. Uh, But you think about all the people just because we draw encouragement just because we are here. But to to get this encouragement and to receive this blessing, you have to be faithful. You have to have faith in God and you have to show up. You have to be involved. You have to, to, to put in some effort into this relationship, don't you? So to be a faithful father You have to have faith and have it it to the fullest. Number two, you need to listen to God. Then interesting again that Abraham heard from God way before, way before it was time uh, for him to go to the other country. But he was open to hearing from God because we can go to God's word and we can have a desire for it and we can read what God wants of our lives and we've got a choice to make at that point, don't we? We've got a choice to ignore it. We've got a choice to say no, or we've got a choice where we can say, yes, God, I will follow you. Now, that's not always easy, is it? Sometimes our picture of following Jesus is is so much rosier than it actually is. Anybody say yeah? Even the way we come to Jesus may be a little rosier than than what we think. Because we think Jesus just accepted everybody. And you remember the story in the Bible where this man walks up to Jesus and said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, come on, the water's fine, right? He said, no. He said, foxes have holes, birds have nests. I don't have a place to lay my head. So so a man comes up to Jesus saying, I want to follow you. And he said, it's going to be tough. But we feel like it ought to be the easiest thing in the world, right? We try to make it as easy as possible. And Jesus said, you better count the cost because this may be difficult. You're going to have to put in some work. Not everything's going to be perfect. Anybody live long enough to know that? Yeah. Number three, got to love. I know church people are probably tired of hearing about love, but it's the key of everything, isn't it? Not only am I going to be faithful and have faith, I'm going to listen to God and be open to what he has for me, and what I should have said just a minute ago, is more of us need to say yes, don't we? We need to think about, all right, what is it, God, you have for me? What do I read that you want for my life? Will I say yes to that? More of us need to, but we need to understand how powerful love is. Anyone been blessed by someone uh, not of your immediate family before? Like, crazy blessed. Like they did something for you, they gave you something. Anybody? And you go, why? Anybody else do that? Is it just me? Why would you do that? And the reason is, is because they serve God most of the time. And they think, man, because God has lavished so much on me, I want to give that to you. I've I've shared about the time where I got laid off from uh, an IT job where my my company in Little Rock was, uh, what was the word, restructuring and bringing everybody into Little Rock. And I was down in Southwest Arkansas. It wasn't happening. And so on a Tuesday, my boss from Little Rock shows up at like 8 o'clock. You know that's going to be a good day. (laughs) Like, oh, Hello. Because he's been up since, you know, he's been driving since like 6 or 5.30. Hell no. But, but shortly after that, after I, I lose my job, uh, we get some, some people who just bless us and wouldn't even sign their name to the card they blessed us with. Because they knew the love of Jesus and they wanted to show it to me. Now, how impactful do you think that is? You still remember those times, don't you, when you were blessed by someone? And so we, faithful fathers, need to be people who love, who love our families, who love the people around us because of the love that Jesus showed us. As we mentioned earlier, just the fact that God would send his son to die for us. And you're thinking, well, I've got two, but I sure don't want to think about that, right? I started to make a joke and say, "Well, one of them," but now nah, I couldn't do it. It's not even a good joke, right? Not even a good joke. But you got to persevere. And I'll say, I want to back up just a second. Showing that love is just uh, amazing to me because of uh, the way it can impact me. Because I, I'm I'm a person that you know that sticks with me. Yesterday we were uh, uh, we were at the McCartney's house. Uh, uh, they invited us over to swim and stuff, and my, my boys just had swimming lessons. And so they're still a little iffy on it, Logan especially, but he's really good. He can hold his breath and do all these things, but he's scared. And what I started noticing is that he would do anything as long as he was holding on to me. Like like he would be, he would be on the verge of tears. I was like, hey, I just want you to do this. Let go of me. I want you to swim for a second. And he'd be on the verge of tears. I mean, like lip puckering and all that good stuff. But I was holding him, and I was telling him what I was going to do, and I was looking over here, and I look back, and his face is under the water. He's doing all this. <laughs> and some of us need to think about that as, as in God holding us. Like, I can do anything because god got a hold of me. God has shown me that love. He has shown us how faithful he is, right? We ought to be free to do whatever because God's got us just like I had my son yesterday. He had a death grip on me, but I, I could push him to the bottom of the pool to get a ball. That's what that's one of the things they taught him in uh, doing swimming lessons. I could push him to the bottom of the pool so he could get a ball as long as I was holding on to it. Because he knew dad had him. And that's how we ought to live life, I'll tell you that right now. And we are God's and he has us. Old Testament said, God will, God says, I will be your rear guard. That, that's uh, uh, our way of saying that is God's got your back. I can I can do a lot of things if I know he's, he's behind me, right? So maybe we should focus on that and his love. And, and number four, faithful fathers have to persevere. Again, we know life is not perfect, don't we? The story of Abraham is not perfect, is it? Again, he tried to kind of force uh, what God had promised uh, to him and getting a son And God said, no, we're not doing it that way. Uh, He goes into Egypt immediately after the story we read. So God says, I'm going to give your descendants this place in Canaan. And he goes and he settles, and all of a sudden there's a famine. So you've got a question at that point. Am I going to have a crisis of faith because God has brought me to this place, and this place doesn't have any food now? It doesn't have any food, water, anything. Am I going to stop listening to God? Am I going to walk away? Or am I going to continue to listen and persevere despite the troubles I may find in this world? Because unfortunately, sometimes we, we try to make it so um, rosy-colored for our kids uh, and even young people in general that when they actually get out in the world, uh, they're kind of hit with some things. that just kind of destroys their faith because they haven't had the, the chance to kind of wrestle with this and see that there are things that come along. Perseverance is way too common in the New Testament. Anybody else found that out? I'd like to mark them out. Some of y'all probably sat through some, some songbook marking out when you were young. I'd like to do that in the New Testament where it says persevere. Because you don't persevere through the good times, do you? Man, I got a lot of money today. I just, I had to get through it. I got blessed with a new vehicle I wanted. But I know he's got me. I'll make it through. No, you persevere through the times that are tough, right? And so you've got to decide. It's kind of about that you're training for this time that when it does go wrong, you still have this anchor point, this center of your life that is God, that you can always look to, that you can always turn to. And again, you may have thought you were walking all along, and he's sitting there, he's got you the whole time. He's walking there side by side. He's there encouraging. He's there even though you may feel all alone. So again, faithful fathers have a, have a full faith. They listen to God, they love, and they persevere. I know that uh, when we talk about these things, it, it could feel like sometimes, man, I'm just not not doing it well. I've got some things I need to change, and, and I'll tell you right now, even though Facebook today will be full of perfect fathers, we know what real life is, real life happens. We have difficulties. We don't have perfect people in our lives, even here in the church, do we? But because of God, because of his love for us, we can be seen as perfect in his eye because of Jesus' blood for all of us. And so if your relationship with him has not begun or if it is kind of fallen away, I wanna encourage you right now to make that right. Paul's gonna sing a song of invitation. We'd love to pray with you. If we could do anything like that, would you come as we stand and sing?